Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware and I'm ha- sat here with my mother. Say Sitting, hi. darling. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here with my mother. Okay. Now, I have to say, I have decided mm. to try and stop swearing in the mic. Good. Because there's been lots of conversations, not only with you, but with my in-laws. They've even said I swear too much. And they've never criticised me. I think you put off older, older listeners. Okay. And also, you're a princess. Princesses don't swear. Yeah. Basically, I apologise to everybody who has experienced my potty mouth uh, during the last series, and I will endeavour to um, improve and learn from my mistakes, and I'm going to just try and say less fucks, and that's it. Well, I'm relieved because I think you swear a bit much, and I can swear. It's going to be really difficult for me because... But you have got a child, Jessie. I know. And we don't want her first... You know her first word. We thought it was duck, but we're not sure. Okay, okay so we've got sugar. Fiddle sticks. Yeah. That's just not going to... Friggin'. F- no, that, I don't think is that's that, Is that a swear word? They say I... it in America a lot, friggin'. Or freaking. <laughs> that's what they say in America. Freaking. Don't they? I'm not saying freaking. Tonight's guest is Amol Rajan. Yeah, he's the media editor for the BBC. Yeah, and when he's not doing the that, one show, the one show, show, BBC News, MasterChef, MasterChef plus Newsnight. I remember when he was on the right stuff. That's where I remember watching him on Channel Five. Oh, well, I was... remember him when he was in, editor of the Independent. Oh, well, there you go. However, Amol decided to tell us in an email this morning. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to tell you that I have turned vegetarian for the new year. That was okay. But I'm a flexitarian, he says. Little did he know that Ginger Pig had kindly given us some beautiful beef short ribs, two kilos worth, and I'd been marinating them in wine and rosemary and garlic. That'll be okay, darling. um, So George Ezra is about to get four-day marinated uh, short ribs when we do the next podcast. Let's not tell him. Okay. Um, but, so it's meant we've had to think on our feet, hasn't it, Mum? Yeah. So what are we doing tonight? I'm doing a savoury cheesecake that he will not regret. 
So isn't that just a quiche? No, it is not. Why? It's like a, a cheesecake because it's got all the things you put in a sweet cheesecake, but it doesn't have sugar and it has onions and courgette in. So it's a courgette savoury cheesecake. I don't, I've never made a cheesecake. With a biscuit base. A buttery biscuit base. A buttery biscuit base with parmesan in, <laughs> made with tuck biscuits. Tuck biscuits? Yeah. Hmm. So it's a savoury cheesecake. I'm doing the pudding. Yeah. It's a bit of a lazy pudding, but it, it is looks really gorgeous. nice. It's poached plums with muscat, wine. dessert wine, cardamom, and I've put some black pepper on the top. Why Don't did know you if do it's going to work. I just think that's going to be quite nice. And um, and then we're going to serve it with creme fraiche and the most delicious ginger oat cookie that you've made. No. Jessica. But I bought them in a really good farm shop in Dorset at the okay. weekend. Okay, all right, fine. So tonight we have a Rajan coming up on Table Manners. I've got red wine that is available. Yeah, I'm well up red for wine? that. I'm okay, fine. Thank you very um, much. Right, I can't call you Molly on this. Yes, you can. I can't really. Why? So can you just pronounce your Why? name? Because we've all been saying it wrong. Because I've never called you. You know, it's a really funny thing. I got an email from the BBC pronunciation unit. And you get, <laughs> you get this week, just the other day, because um, I did start the week on Radio 4 this week. And basically, clearly, a lot of the guests were saying, Amol, Amol, saying it in all sorts of ways. And I got an email, a very pompous email, being like, I'm sorry, but this is a very serious question. There are many people within the BBC who are actually slightly concerned they're pronouncing your name wrong. And I thought that was nice. I thought that was nice. So I responded as I always do by saying, basically, uh, you pretend there's an E on the end. And if you're in your garden and you saw a mole, you say, look, it's... A mole. But it's amazing how many problems And the the last name. Well, it's funny you should mention that. It's it's Rajan, right? Rajan. Rajan. Yeah. But, so one big problem I've had is I used to work at the Foreign Office and you'd ring people up and be like, it's a mole from the Foreign Office. And they'd be like... (laughs) (laughs) You're a, you're a spy, <laughs> and you're telling us this is really weird. But I'll tell you something very weird, which I've never said in public ever before, and I'm immediately going to regret, is that to a certain kind of man from a, a privileged background, my surname really throws them. It's something about the Raj. It like brings back these sort of imperial colonial yeah, they, memories. They, yeah. and <laughs> they just, think you're going to come in on an elephant or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or that, that you're going to sort of be like waving one of those weird you know, the fans or something as in uh, on a veranda. Justin Webb from the um, Today programme will literally introduce me, has done on air, where he goes, we're joined now by our media editor, Amol Rajan. Um, so, Ranjan, what do you think about... <laughs> oh, my God. And you're like, I had breakfast once with Lionel Barber, who's the editor of the FT, and he definitely knows my name's Amol. And I rang him about an hour after we'd had this hour-long breakfast, and he picks up the phone and he goes, Hello, Rajan! Oh, that's so balmy. I think it's because the Raj really throws people. So, anyway, my name is a mere nine letters but it's caused me tremendous problems in the uh, in the short course of my life and I should also say now given we're talking about my name that Amol Rajan is an anagram of major anal <laughs> <laughs> Becky loves that oh dear I um, thank you thank you Amol um Rajan. Thank Rajan. you, Jesse. No, I'm joking. Thank I'm you, joking. Jesse Ware, for well, having um, me. No, listen, um, it's such a pleasure to have you, and we have so much to talk about. And firstly, we have to talk about you being a bloody vegetarian. I'm sorry. What? The, so, I, the oh, last I saw was oh, you man. 
soaking gammon at Christmas time in Coca-Cola or something. It's a very good recipe. That's a Nigella recipe. Well, you won't very do good that. Very That's good why way. I went for short ribs, babe. I've got short ribs with marinating. Have you, got, have you made them already? No, no, no. no we're giving them to George, <clears throat> George Ezra. To, don't worry. do emergency. So you were thinking, I could give these short ribs to a mole, I could give them to George Ezra, and you're thinking, I might as well prioritise. That's fair enough. We That's wanted to no. respect your vegetarianism. So the first thing to say is, it's not because I'm from some sort of very religious background. I mean, I'm sort of culturally of Hindu heritage. It's not that at all. I have flirted with vegetarianism many, many times in my life, and I am basically... The thing about being vegetarian is, it's. I think it's the right thing to do, but I also mm. think it's so boring, because it turns every mealtime into a kind of ethical exercise in a way that you really don't want it to be but basically I think that intellectually I'm completely persuaded of the case on first of all the grounds of animal welfare because I think animals Mm -hmm. that are highly sentient uh, experience terrible suffering as a result of uh, the food industry and I think that's really bad secondly um, I'm not some sort of card-carrying environmentalist but suddenly having become a father Mm -hmm. um, becoming a parent very similar time to you I suddenly in a weird sort of way really care about the world 100 years from now 150 years from now Mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't before and if you think that climate change is happening and it's caused by humanity the single biggest thing you can do is not recycle your silly plastic bags into one pile or another, but is stop eating beef, which is in every single way the most environmental. Well, did oh, it's, you it's watch like, What the Health and Cowspiracy? And you watch What the Health and Cow? I didn't see Cowspiracy. Um, I saw What the Health, which which persuaded me of the third thing, which is my health. And I'm, it's not. I can't. You know, there's obviously good things about eating meat, but I just eat healthier when I stop mm. eating meat. Mm. If you guys had said, um, I'm afraid we've cooked you a beef lasagna I'd have loved it I, babe I, I, I love the taste with, of meat I love I it. toyed with oh. with with toying giving with it me. well I just thought well you know cheers. we cheers, had um, cheers. Um, cheers cheers I'm just going to check cheers. that the garlic's not burning but I think that if it, but, uh, how much red meat did you eat there I mean so I was a so I was a restaurant critic for six years. I go on one of my many jobs, is I, which is this is going to be awkward when I do it on Master. But I go on Master Chef. So well, I'm one yeah, of the. How are you going to do this, babe? This is well. I think I'm going to adopt a uh, what we call a flexitarian pose, in which I'm going to briefly become a hypocrite and shamelessly uh, eat meat because it's really fun. And I know that's that's terrible. And I should say that I know when you talk about being vegetarian, it's hard not to talk in a way that. A, makes other f- people feel bad. And I have, for 20 years, eaten more meat than... You know, I love pizza and mm. pepperoni mm. and beef and all the rest of it. Something... I've, and I've flirted with vegetarianism in the past. I have to say, something about becoming a dad just changed it. It just it just made it... I know it sounds so weird. It just Suddenly, it wasn't about Do meat. Fa- but if you're Hindi, then... Uh, My family is vegan. Don't eat, they don't eat meat. So no, I, I started really? eating. So you're brought up not eating yeah. meat. So, so is I, that why you kind of ate so much meat? Because you were kind of making, making up, up for <laughs> lost yeah. time. I remember like it was yesterday, the first time at the bottom of Franciscan Road in Tooting. <laughs> I, went there, <laughs> I went to, you know, Francis, yeah, there was yep. the old Smith brothers there down the road from my old school, Graveney. Um, oh, there was a Dallas chicken. And I remember the first, <laughs> the first time I ate a succulent piece of chicken breast coated in breadcrumbs I oh, swear no. I could have run into the back of the into the back of the kitchen and just smothered myself in that breadcrumb <laughs> recipe it was so and it was a, it was an act of rebellion and an act of transgression and I love the taste of meat so much did your parents know that you'd tried it don't ask questions like that 
Um, I but don't they think they move. Think out. You're no, 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 oh, right, no, no, okay. no, no. It's not like that smoking, drinking thing. Right, you okay. Get into your thirties and you're confessing to your parents mm-hmm. on a podcast that you have tried alcohol. No, um, they they know that I ate meat for a long time. I think my parents were, um, you know, of Indian heritage, and my dad was. Uh, from quite a conservative culture. He was Tamil. My mum was from a much more liberal culture. But between them, my mum was from West India. Between them, they're quite liberal Asian parents. They sort of said, you know, find your own way, do your own thing. They didn't force God down my throat. They didn't Mm. do any of that stuff. And so they were quite understanding about it. But I think they probably slightly disapproved. And I think they're both Hindu. And I'm not, you know, I was culturally Hindu, but not particularly religious. I think they found... um, the slaughter of cows particularly difficult mm. and I have to say I really like cows are you a good cook I am in my imagination <laughs> and I I are you adventurous I'm not as adventurous I, this is awful and this is going to sound like product placement but basically when I've got mates coming around on a Saturday I get very excited on a Tuesday and my wife Charlie, who you know, mm-hmm. or Charlotte, is an amazing cook. Okay. Used to work in the world of food, and when we did, when I was oh, a restaurant, well, she worked. She worked at a deli in um, in uh, a place outside Topsham, in next to where she's from, in in Devon, and mm-hmm. she knows a lot about cooking. And there's this weird thing that so much of food, I mean, food is relationships, right? It's a way of navigating mm. families, mm-hmm. and basically, there's this weird thing that we just know that if Charlie cooks the food, it's going to be better. <laughs> so I kind of often let Are her you take the lead. Chef? I'm sous chef. Do you but really then, help? Honestly, but I, no, but I do really help. And also, there is. I think one of the key things to a successful relationship—not that I know much about it—is you've got to work out who does which task, and we take ownership of different courses. So I will do the starters or the sides, and she will do the main. Oh, and, that's and so liberating. Can I have an example of a starter that you would do, or a side? Like, okay, what was the last? What, about what, what was the last kind the, of the dinner best, party you had? And what yeah, was she it? She cooked an amazing. She, what did she cook? She cooked an amazing fish pie, and she oh. left the bacon out of it because of her flexitarian husband. I've uh, never had bacon in a fish pie before. Bacon. Do you eat fish? Have you? Well, Has I anybody? did this particular occasion. Bacon belongs in a fish pie. What I did not know. Never that. had that. This ever. is excellent for the cookbook. Thank you so much. And what would be really nice is a little, a few sort of charred um, iceberg lettuces on the side, and maybe some, uh, yeah. maybe some peas with a bit of butter, we may lemon, have to parsley. Charred iceberg, pie. Or little jam. Little jam, maybe little yeah, jam, little, little jam, jam, and just <laughs> on, on, a, on a griddled pan. Yeah, being just, yeah. on a griddled pan. Um, the, I tell you, the best meal that I ever cooked because of not because of the taste, but because of what it represented was just after our son was born. Um, we were on maternity leave, uh, paternity leave, and you know that thing post becoming a parent where there's this few weeks where it's just you're in this little bubble and day turns into night. Yeah. It's a fog mm-hmm. and you're exhausted. And Becky, my manager, got me the best gift ever. It was cook delivery uh, frozen meals. Cook? Or a, Mate, are they we allowed are. to do product placement? No, yeah, can they be our sponsor, The beef stroganoff are. Are, is incredible. They've got a shopping, I say they've got a shopping so crouch good. end, which They've is got so one in good. Clapham. Have they? Abbeville. I know people Abbeville that, Road. I know people that have pretended they've cooked their dinner party and, and actually it's been cooked <laughs> and actually you wouldn't yeah, have been able to tell the difference the only like thing is idea. the portions are small they're a bit small they're a bit yeah. small they are and I think, so you yeah. need double yeah. but go on sorry so back, we, back to yours I just I did this roast chicken with um, I've got I, I really like doing um, cloves of garlic which if you, as you clearly have done tonight <laughs> uh, if you roast garlic you just take the edge off it it loses its sharpness and we did these wonderful vegetables it was parsnips and carrots and 
and sweet potato, sweet potatoes. Few people know that sweet potato, when you when you cook it, the sweetness comes out, it caramelizes. And I just did this meal, which was it chicken worked. and veg, and it was, you know, it was the moment that it was like two became three, and we <laughs> sat there, you know, Lenny, this is, don't get emotional. <laughs> it's meant to be funny. I'm trying to be, trying to be deep and romantic. It. Everyone's but, laughing. But no, <laughs> but actually, funny. food does that to you. It's about we relationships. Think. And yeah. you know, I will never ever forget sitting there, and I think we. I think we shed a tear and it was just like we're a family now and the thing that told us we're a family now was that we're eating together it wasn't because you were tired he, and you were crying because <laughs> you were tired and you didn't know how to keep the baby from crying maybe it, yeah that was probably <laughs> instrumental see, I don't know how you could live without a roast well I'm roast struggling. is the best thing on beef earth beef or chicken uh, but I, I love beef or lamb or lamb yeah <coughs> do you have good curry recipes I know everyone says their mum is the best cook in the world. But my mum really is the best cook okay. in the world. And one of the things... Are you guys into Indian food, you like? Yeah, so, so much. Like, so much. So is mum fun. was going to do a curry I was going to do a monkfish curry. Monkfish! Oh! But we thought... No! Flexor, I love monkfish curry. I love it. it. Well, how would you have done it? You'd have made a little masala yeah, with yeah, yeah, curry yeah, masala, yeah, yeah, yeah. garlic, yeah, curry yeah, powder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Onion, garlic. Oh. But we thought maybe it wasn't... No, like, no, we didn't but also, why cook a curry for someone whose mum cooks the best yeah, curry? But okay, what's her best dish? So, uh, probably, she makes the this tamarind chutney. Do you know tamarind? Oh, tamarind yeah, tamarind chutney. I think it's a difficult... I've never cooked well with tamarind, but I'm obviously not doing I, it right. I don't know. I, I've but you've never had the fresh fruit, darling. No, it's true. But Indian food, I think a lot of people, I'm sure everyone comes from anywhere that is in England who says this, but a lot of people who love curry basically like quite sloppy kormas and things like that, which are northwestern. You like dry curry. So my dad is from um, Tamil Nadu, which is southeast India. And um, my mum is from Pune, which is um, the sort of ninth biggest city next to Bombay in Maharashtra. And um, my mum and dad are, they could be from two different planets. So they're both Indian, but India is a continent, not a country, has a more diversity there than is imaginable. And you could almost say a sort of Spanish person and a Slovakian have more in common than my mum and dad. You know, my dad is from a culture which is um, conservative, ritualistic, quite cautious, quite um, introspective. My mum is a kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, playing cards, having a good time thing. And their food is completely different. And in Southeast India, it's all about pulses and lentils Mm. and rice is the crop. Um, So you get idli, dosa, coconut uh, chutney. My mum is from West India, which is about sort of rotis and bhajis and all that so kind of thing. you get the best of both get, worlds. My, my mum what is did they amazing. talk to each other? How, where did they meet? And what language did they speak it's in? It's an amazing story, actually. My mum and dad had an arranged marriage, and there's something really... But they lived so far away. Were they related? No, because what happened is my dad... So my dad uh, was one of... They're both one of 11. Shh. One of 11 children. And my dad... Um, is there's no other way of saying it my dad's a genius he's an extraordinarily intellectual um you know if you said to him what's 27 times 27 he'd say it's 729 and he'd he'd be very is very, that actually the correct that answer? is the correct answer yeah because you're a genius and too. i'm not just that was, that was weirdly that was showing off without meaning to so my dad so this is an amazing thing my dad grew up in southeast india he got all of his my mum and my dad especially is from a very 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 poor background and that's a big part of um my drive to do well in life and he went to um, Delhi to um, earn some money so he could get his sisters married. And he had an older brother who sadly passed away, my uncle Srinivasan. 
And there was this extraordinary thing that he worked in this ammunition factory and he went up one day, I think it was March 1977, to see my dad and said, look, Farid, that's my dad's name, um, we've got all your younger sisters married and, you know, we are very grateful for what you did on that front. But mum, my grandmother, who's sadly no longer alive, um, is very worried about you because you're, you know, you're her favourite child and you're still single and you're 34, um, which is very old in those days to get married. Uh, there's a beautiful girl at my ammunition factory. Would you consider her for this marriage? It's like every Indian novel I've ever it's read. And my dad, who um, wanted nothing to do with it, said, look, I'll cut you a deal. And he was very close to his older brother. He said, um, I'll see the girl, because that's how they talk. How I'm, old I'm, was he then? Dad was 34, mum was Oh, 30. so he was a bit older. Yeah, he was a bit old, Yeah, so he was 34, mum was 29. And he said, I'll see the girl, and uh, I'm happy to meet her, but if I don't like her, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a chauvinist it's just that's how they talk back then if I don't like her then um, I want you guys to leave me alone and I'm going to go and be a poet in the Himalayas and my uncle wrote a letter on yellow parchment paper uh, which he delivered by freight train I think it was March the 26th 1976 uh, to my mother and said my dear Sunanda from her colleague um, as you may remember I have a handsome brother he rides a motorcycle he is intellectually able, uh, he earns a good living, and he's a loyal and decent person, and so on. And um, so they arranged the meeting. And I remember reading, I had the letter, I've got the letter, the original letter, which was delivered by a very unreliable freight train back in those, it would have taken four days. And I remember showing the letter to people at my wedding and saying, if it hadn't been for this letter, um, none of you would be here and I wouldn't be. And there's something, I think, incredibly romantic about that arranged marriage. People mm. think of arranged marriages as somehow a kind of dry mm. economic arrangement. But there's something cool about that, don't you think? I think it's gorgeous. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm just going to say this now. I bloody burnt the garlic on the roast potatoes. So I love fine. burnt garlic. Everyone really? Does. Yeah, big time. Really? No, I love it, yeah. Okay, well, right. um, we Water have... Cheese. Mum, do you want to tell? My right. It's a savoury cheesecake with courgette. Beautiful. Well, For it, me, well, that just sounds like either a quiche or a souffle. No, it, well, I made it once before and it was great. Is mascarpone the base, yeah? No. That's what I thought. No, it's uh, got cream cheese, sour cream, it's got... Ordinary cheese, it's got onions, it's got courgettes in. It's going to be delicious. Then we've got a slow-roasted tomato rocket salad, 
and then and the we've balsamic got, dressing I see yeah it's basically I put a bit of glaze on there and then, there's and then we've got a, a, a roasted salad. cauliflower with hazelnuts and bits and bobs in there and some burnt roast potatoes that's fine it's a bit of a funny one but you're Sorry, vegetarian but so you're this is what veggie. happens well, yeah. the short ribs are still marinating if this is a punishment sign me up okay. um, this looks fantastic how do you get the MasterChef gig did you just luck out there, babe? I did luck out in a big way. So, Ma- I've got a, yeah. So, MasterChef is one of the most fun jobs you could possibly do. Yeah, I, do I it, bet. I do it like a couple of times a year, and um, it's yeah, it's really unbelievably fun. Carry if on. you're a restaurant critic, eventually they kind of eventually they come for you on those shows. So, Great British Menu and MasterChef, and um, yeah, I did a couple of shows and. It seems really straightforward. You turn up, you eat eight courses, and you have strong opinions about food. I think, actually, because um, you're conscious of being on TV, I think you've got to try... I know it sounds... I mean, look, these are, it's a really fun gig. Do you have to try really hard to be constructive on MasterChef? Because I think it's quite easy to go up there and be kind of, well, I've got, you know, I hate your blueberries, or, you know, whatever, whatever. I think you've got to try very hard to say something that people at home will actually learn from. But they may turn you into a mean person. They turn you into a mean person. But and you're not you in particular. You in particular. Do I come across mean. as mean? Yeah. Mum thinks you come across really well, mean. I try so hard to be nice. If you're going to nail the MasterChef critique, the first thing you need is sound of crockery. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got that. And then you need the, the, the sound of the, the first cut in. Oh. <laughs> It's just gone off. <laughs> what does that say about your buttery biscuit face, Mum? It just ended up on the floor. That was, that was weird. <laughs> that never happened on MasterChef ever. Um, okay, it's alright. Thank God, this is a podcast. Uh, it's alright. So, do you mind? Have another bit. No three-second rule. No, no, no. I don't mind three-second rules. I love it. So do you mind if I eat this? No. no. Oh. I don't like it. Oh. Oh. It is good, Mum. I told you it's nice. It's good. It's not like a potato. Mm. <laughs> now, is that your Master Chef? What do you or is think? that your... That's my genuine. Okay. It's really tasty. You can really, oh it's really my oniony. Gosh. Mm. That's incredible. Love that. This is becoming a bit Master Chef. No, got, I like this. It's got a fluffy. So, absolute key thing is it's got a fluffy, quiche texture, mm. the cheesecake bit. The top of it's not burnt, but it's just cooked enough to give it a slightly yeah. caramelised flavour. But it's all about the biscuit. It's all about the biscuit. Do you like the biscuit? The biscuit's incredible. I love that you nearly just took Michelle Rue Jr.'s thing. You nearly just said the base is cooked to perfection. The, ba- so the base is cooked to, to perfection. perfection. <laughs> I mean, to bring it back to you, because this is about you. This isn't about me, it's about you. Um, I, um, your profile has got bigger and bigger, I feel like, over the last year or two. Where you're, you know, you're on MasterChef, you're on the One Show, you're hosting Radio Two um, programs. Oh, yeah, um, not ra- yeah, Radio Two. Yeah, I'm you do. Te- I'm on the ten o'clock news now. Are oh, you? Which is quite fun. Um, I'm that guy now on the news who goes da 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 da. Amal Rajan, BBC News. That's so exciting. <laughs> it is. It is exciting, and there is something unbelievably thrilling about live broadcast and about broadcast. The magic. It just, it will never die. The magic of TV and radio is just, it's so exhilarating. It's so, it so, so It must be quite cool. similar to when I do a live show and you can kind of get it wrong and whatever. And you, but then when it works out, you're kind of like, okay, cool. 
so for pudding, we have something that actually I ate with my mother-in-law this weekend in Dorset, and it's um, poached plums with some cardamom and muscat dessert wine. Muscat. I never, I've never cooked with it, and then with mm. creme fraiche and a ginger cookie. Did you make the ginger cookie? No, babe. Good. Because, like, it's, I don't have time for that. No, but that... And these ones are excellent. They're from this amazing farm shop um, called Washington Farm Shop, which I love. And actually, did you watch the last series of Broadchurch? Yeah. Where Lenny Henry worked. Yeah. That is the farm shop. Really? Yes. Yeah, I, I oh, wow. So Lenny Henry was so good in that series. I he was Alcohol. not excellent in it. Really? No. I want to ask, because, okay, how many... Meals out, do you get to go on being a restaurant critic? I want this gig. It's an amazing gig. Such a good, de- like basically dates are sorted. Marriages are sorted. <laughs> um, um, I used to go out for maybe, it's all, it all takes a bit of a backward step when you become a parent, but probably, <laughs> yes, God, this is such first world stuff, two to three meals a, a week. And um, still? No, no, not anymore. Not no, anymore. this was Ooh, before. Cardamom, I just got to. Yes, a, a, a especially big old, yeah. yeah, which is very Indian. Yes, very Indian. I love cooking with cardamom. Mm. It's gorgeous. And um, I put black pepper on the plums, which I've wow. never done before, but I feel like that means that it can be our cookbook. Yeah. Sorry, Tessa, this is our met recipe now. Are you more of a dessert person or a mains? I'm a dessert fanatic. Are you? I love dessert. Just I've like Greg Wallace. Do you know what? I have about three chocolate things a day. I love sweet stuff so much. So when I was a kid, I was very, very fat. I was, I was like 15 stone. Don't, thank you for looking for so surprised. I was, I was fatty too. Oh, You looked like an under-eater to me. You did just not eat that much, by the you way. You held back. Lenny, I, I mean, I, I, I was very, very fat as a kid. Very, very fat. Can't no, I believe mean, it. No, I, was, I mean, obese. Seriously obese. Um, and I, I think that affected my personality in some quite bad ways. But basically... I love sweet stuff so much. And I would have, left to my own devices, I would eat three or four sweet things a day. Uh, Today I had a chocolate brownie. Today, from Itsu, you get these incredible gingerbread things with like a kind of ginger yogurty thing and it's got chocolate chips and it's got chocolate brownie things. And I had one of those. I don't eat like dime bars anymore, but I eat kind of... I love a dime bar though. When you go to Ikea and you get... No, but they're so good, the little minis. Top five chocolates. Well, I'm not the biggest chocolate person, but... Lint, Lindor balls. I'm talking about chocolate bars in the in the news agent, like. Oh, okay, Chris. okay, fine. Drifter, number one. Oh, Drifter. really? Drifter, with those oh. delicious bits of wafer and caramel. Come on, Drifter number one. Toffee crisp number two. You double must de- like a boost then. I love a boost. I love a double decker. I love a double decker. They are very underrated. With that nougat, beautiful, beautiful. Did texture. you just say nougat? Nougat. Oh nougat. my god. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chef critic mispronounces nougat. Oh nougat. My God, I love it. Uh, um, lion bars. I thought that lion bars had too much going on. Rice Krispies. Ed Sheeran's favourite. Is he dreams about lion bars, well, as he told it. us on our podcast. What about a Kit Kat Chunky? Kit Kat Chunky Orange. Remember when they brought uh, Whisper like? Golds. Oh. Last year, mm. I had two very severe allergic reactions. And I oh, ended no. up in A&E both times. And I went to the doctor early. My wife quite understandably said what the hell is going on you need to get this checked out I went to the doctor and I did one of those allergy tests where they put 20 sort of pricks in your skin don't tell me now that I've just fed you something that you're allergic to and he said you're allergic to birch pollen and something called mugwort I've got no idea what mugwort is and he said you shouldn't eat any nuts 
And the thing is, but he said it's alright to eat cooked hazelnuts, cooked cooked nuts, and I've eaten lots of nuts since, and I can't identify what it is that I'm allergic to. But it seems that it's not hazelnuts because I'm still alive. But if I die, if I die between now and the podcast going out, and it's an allergic reaction, I just want you guys to know I had a fantastic time. And I, the condition of the whole arrangement is that you've both got to give speeches at the memorial. Oh, stop it. And talk about what a great... I'm not, well, I'm sorry. Vegetarian. You emailed us to tell us you were a fucking vegetarian, but you didn't say that you had a potential nut, nut deadly allergy. nut allergy. But the other thing is Dermatolary's coming on. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. but we can't cook with nuts because his wife's allergic to them. So he might... And they all obviously in- kiss a lot still. They're like the only <laughs> yeah. couple that still... I know, they I, know. I know. Have they had children? I know. <laughs> No, well, he does children. a lot of hugging, doesn't he? He does love a hug. So, fair enough. It's quite thoughtful. He's just the most considerate man in the world. I sort of think he's the kind of guy you'd like to be your mate or brother or something. We do ask every guest, what is your worst table manner to experience when you're out for dinner in somebody else? Or do you have a bad table manner yourself? I feel very strongly about this subject. Oh, okay, brilliant. Um, I actually really despise... I'm afraid to say, the militancy of some English table manners. When I went to um, university up in Cambridge, I found this absolute galaxy of rules yeah. about how you... So in small fork on the outside, and yeah, obviously yeah. now I'm immersed in stuff. I've been that, so did you have to do lots of formal dinners? I did some... I mean, I just... I just, I didn't really care about the rules, so we just Which had... Which college were you at? I was at Downing College, and I, not, not all the formality, luckily through people like Matt Bolton, I didn't have to... You know, I was able to be myself, which is wonderful. Though I did turn up in corduroys and I quickly abandoned them. But I find, <laughs> I find table manners. Um, this is probably a terrible thing to say on a podcast called table manners. But I find table manners often a way of enforcing, basically, class differences mm. and a way of excluding people on the grounds of them not knowing certain rules, which I think are a poor basis on which to exclude them from your membership, or whatever. So I don't. If someone, I mean, if someone, so yeah, how they hold their knives. Well, you don't, I don't notice. I don't care. I, and, um, and also, I don't. I also, I think it's. I think it's to to see in table manners. There's so much that is table manners. There's, you know, how do you hold your knife and fork? There's, you know, do you have your elbows on the table? And then there's. I think table manners is what kind of person are you at the table? Do you listen? Do you are you generous with your servings? There's so much more to the morality of being at a table than do you know etiquette. And I suppose, mate, that's, that's the okay. answer to your question. Okay. I think etiquette in England is a way of making lots of people who aren't from certain backgrounds feel inferior. And I think that that's the worst of table manners. The best of table manners is being a loving, generous person at the table. And I think you can have a huge amount of table manners without necessarily having etiquette. That is indeed what you have been tonight. Thank you so much for being here. It's been one of the great honours of my life. I can't tell you how excited I've been about this. <laughs> as good as when you became the editor of The Independent. Is it up there? It's better. Your favourite meal? Favourite meal. What would be yours? Well, I speak as a vegetarian, but I would have a pepperoni pizza and a pina colada. Where would your... <laughs> and I love... I mean, I... So, like so, so, pepperoni pizza? I mean, I, I mean, Maybe, I, I've, had more, but yeah, I've had more pepperoni your... pizzas than Me you've had no, than you've had challah breads. <laughs> trust me, <laughs> I've had. I would have a double pepperoni pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day for the rest like, of my life. There's there's different types of pizza. So are you going like dirty pizza, well, or are you fancy. going thin crust? 
um, dirty, obviously, but absolutely key yeah. to the manufacture of pizzas yeah. is you've got to spread the tomato sauce towards the edge I of know, the I bread. Agree. These people that turn up on these takeaways, forty pound for two pizzas or whatever, and they and there's an inch and a half of I know, crust, I agree. unblemished yeah. by tomato sauce, let alone the cheese so and which other. Is your best um, there's a very good uh, Stroud Green Road Pizza Papagone. You can get a fantastic, apart from the, I mean, mango is the one thing that I'd want if it was a desert island, but okay. you get a fantastic pepperoni pizza, you get a very good pina colada, nice and strong, not too much oh, ice. You get the, pe- and tira- you get the pe- pina, ma- pina colada at the place. Pina colada. Yeah, yeah, pina, um, pina colada. Can't you go to an Italian restaurant and you order a pina colada Absolutely when you're right. out on a date? Absolutely oh, right, I with love my that. wife. I Does love she have a pina colada too? No, she's a very classy lady. She has, has a glass of wine. Glass of wine. Gym and tonic. Something very smart, yeah. But she, she tolerates. You're there. You're like Del Boy. I I, Del Boy's my hero. All I've ever wanted in my life is to be Del Boy. I grew up, I've watched every episode of Only Fools Forces a thousand <laughs> times. We watched them on repeat as a kid. Del Boy and David Jason are the biggest influences of my life in the world. And if I could get close to being as successful as him in the universe I'd be a happy man thanks so much I'm really glad we learnt about pina coladas and Del Boy basically being your hero it was such a pleasure and I hope Table Manners takes over the world because it's the best podcast in the world and to be a small part of it has been a great privilege Mum your savoury cheesecake was a massive hit see I told you and I am not going to lie, I felt rather underwhelmed when I... You heard about yeah, it. Yeah, and it, honestly, it was brilliant. Did you really like it? I really liked it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's clever. It's really clever. Because it's actually like a cheesecake, but not sweet. No, it's really, really, really good. Good. I think he enjoyed it. I think he did. I, I, I wanted him to eat a little bit more. I felt like he was holding back. Yeah. He'd bring champagne, though. He did bring champagne. Yeah good guess and he could tell you story after story I loved the story about his mum and dad it was so romantic but I do feel like he was almost he was almost like interviewing us by the end he's very good at his job oh yeah he knows what's what and even though he's like a mate from South London he's very good at his job he kind of really turns it he was like but no Lenny you are well, he, yeah, he's very polite and chivalrous and mm. respectful mm. and fun. And interesting. Thank yeah, you so very, much, Amal, for being on. Loved him. Um, we've absolutely loved having you on it. And um, we did rinse his phone book. Did we? Yeah, for new guests. Did we? Yeah, we did. Thanks so much for listening to Table Manners. Uh, if you like us, please subscribe and rate us and remember we only accept five stars thank you excuse me what how do you subscribe what do you mean when you say just that just click subscribe i've never done that how do you do that have you got your phone on you no but when i get it because i do five stars every day <laughs> probably about eight times and it says we've accepted your five stars <laughs> do you put in different names what is no, some of your it's usernames always the same and it always says that it always it's says there. Oh, I haven't got that. Please, Mum, we may go shoot back to the top. Yeah, if you probably press will. I'll keep doing it. What's your username? I didn't know I had to have a username. I, don't, I hope your five I stars just are get still it. working. I just don't. I get it on the thingy, on the podcast chart. I can so imagine Mum just going there. Refresh, five star. That's refresh. what I do. Of course.
course. Thank you. We've got a lot of five stars. About <laughs> 500 of them. <laughs> the music you've listened to on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. And Table Manners is produced by Cup and Nuzzle. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.